Next on BYU Sports Nation, offensive opposition. What do you expect from the BYU offense against 10th-ranked Wisconsin on Saturday? There must needs be, Spencer. The number six is being retired Saturday. National championship quarterback Robbie Bosco is one of those three guys and joins us today. Super Bowl champion coach Brian Billick keeping a close eye on his college football alma mater. His secret to BYU turning things around. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by... The BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Thursday, September 14th, wherever and however you are dialed in, it's great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the man who most certainly voted for Pedro. Jerem Jordan. Yeah, I've had a mustache off and on on this program, uh, as Reese Davis would say. And yesterday, uh, one of our production assistants here, (laughs) she emailed me or texted me a picture of me with a mustache and like longer hair from years gone by, like like four four or five years ago, 2013. And I was like, wow. Changed quite a bit. <laughs> We're showing it right now on the I tweeted TV. it out because I was like, this is wild. <laughs> you, you don't look also, I'm not anything top button like there. that now. Yeah, this is pre-top button. No so top I, button. Obviously, top button has changed a lot for me. Healthy mustache and that flow on top, man. Was it? <laughs> call it flow. It's just excess. <laughs> If you have not seen it, I actually got a haircut since then. We will tweet it out again on the BYU Sports Nation account. Jerem has also put it out for all to enjoy. I, I think all of your colleagues have uh, sent in a comment of some sort about like, that. What is that? <laughs> I'm trying to remember uh, where you came. I think you were on vacation and you came back with that. I, I never, I never grow one on the go. Does that make sense? Like yeah. you're not going to see like. The two hairs that come out every day, like I'm, not, I'm gonna come back with something. Like in a week and a half, I may come back on a Monday, the week of Utah State, with something. We need a side by side of you right now and that picture at some point during today's show that we need to yeah, find out because it is. Okay, there I gave you a photo. No, a little more headroom. So different. Like there we go. Your appearance is <laughs> so different. Hopefully, it's better. Who knows? <laughs> well, you're wearing makeup on TV now, Jerem, so. It happened. <laughs> it's over. Yeah, I remember when you fought that. You're like, no, never wear makeup. That's Spencer's thing. Yeah. Guess, I guess what? Yielded my pride. Television, man. I haven't yielded in a lot of things, but that one I did. Listen, if you don't, then you shine bright like a diamond in front of these That's super right. bright lights. That's right, Yeah, yeah. I'm so happy that we found that picture. That uh, that might have been the most uh, humorous Moment of my day yesterday. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Take that for what you will. <laughs> yeah, Mike. To get you better humor moments. Bring on the headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headline. Mustaches allowed at BYU. Game four for the BYU football team. Saturday afternoon showdown in Provo against 10th ranked Wisconsin. Countdown to kickoff gets things rolling at 2:30 Eastern time. Wisconsin head coach Paul Christ says he likes what he sees out of the BYU defense. They play hard, and and I think they've got good players, and they've a couple guys I think that are physical players, and you know enough movement, 
and pressures, you know, a lot of different types of pressures that you have to prepare for. You may not see it all in the game, but we don't know what we're going to see. So I've been impressed so far watching their defense. I just want things to get weird in the fourth quarter because I love when things get weird generally. Speaking. BYU, a 17-point underdog. If it's a close game in the fourth quarter, the, the Wisconsin Badgers, by nature, will get a little tensed. It just it gets a little uncomfortable for the team that's supposed to win by a lot. I'm hoping BYU can put up enough points to make this interesting. Stay close. Make it weird in the fourth quarter, and you never know. You never know. Yeah, make it weird, yeah. Uh, 14th-ranked women's volleyball plays a big match tonight. Listen to this. At 16th-ranked Utah. When was the last time BYU and Utah were both ranked in the top 20 in women's volleyball? It would have been at least 08, I want to say. Man. Something like that. Uh, also, so tonight, 9 Eastern time, you can uh, watch this on the Pac-12 Network. It is the 100th meeting between the two. How about that? So tonight is is epic between the Crimson and the Blue yeah. of Brigham. Yes. It's one of those NCAA tournament resume building opportunities. And last year, Utah beat BYU in Provo, which is a rare home loss for the Brighams. I think BYU has lost maybe two matches at home since 2012. Washington and Utah. Like the last four or five years. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Utah, one of those. So BYU can pay it back tonight in Salt Lake City. Zach Blair and Daniel Summerhays, Cougars on the PGA Tour. This afternoon in the Albertsons Boise Open playing on the web.com tour. That's it. Okay. Why are they playing on the web.com tour? That's I'm wondering the if it's, they, they need a little bit of uh, boost to get their tour. Because that's like back. the second, you know, there's a PGA tour, yeah. there's web.com. And the BYU baseball schedule is out for 2018. The West Coast Conference Tournament champs, NCAA Tournament Cougs, the Bats. sounds good, doesn't it? It does sound good. The season begins February 16th. At Cal State Northridge, notable matchups include three games at Auburn, War Eagle, the home opening series on the new turf field. Looks amazing. Yes, it does. On March 8th against Nebraska, Omaha. And four matchups with Utah and a single one game uh, at Stanford. To see the full schedule, go to BYUCougars.com. BYU played in the Stanford Regional in the NCAA tournament. Payback. Yeah, BYUCougars.com. See the full schedule, as Jaron mentioned. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Offense, opposition. They're a solid defense. I mean, that's one thing they've been built on is playing hard, playing fast, and playing sound. And uh, nothing's changed this year. BYU offensive coordinator Ty Detmer addressing what he faces on Saturday with the Wisconsin Badgers. And when it comes to matchups on Saturday, hard not to put the BYU offense and all of the drama swirling around that against the Wisconsin defense at the top of the list. Question is, what does Ty Detmer really expect from Wisconsin's defense? They got speed on the edges, and they want to get after the quarterback and, and then plug up the middle with their interior guys. So, uh, good, solid team. Obviously, they're ranked number 10 for a reason. And what about BYU's offense against a traditionally fierce defense? That's where we focus in on today's Twitter question. What do you expect from the BYU offense on Saturday against Wisconsin? What do you expect? Use the hashtag BYUSN. There's the bird at AD Richardson 909 a faster start, at least three points on their first drive, and hopefully at least 10 points by halftime. That was the Utah State model. Utah State went in uh, on the opening Friday of the season, and 
they scored 10 unanswered points, including uh, a turnover, you know, in, inside the 20, ran that in. They were up 10 nothing. The only problem is Wisconsin then answered with 59 straight points. <laughs> it was 10 to 10 at halftime. It was 10 10 at halftime and ended in a 59 10 victory yeah. for the Badgers. Yeah. Yeah. They flipped the switch and scored 59 consecutive. Honest question, though. Would you feel good if BYU hypothetically had 10 points at halftime against Wisconsin? Yes, because BYU's had zero the last two games at halftime. Something, I'd, right? I'm expecting BYU score, to score in the teens in this game. That's what I'm expecting. Somewhere. Because Tanner Mangum's status is unknown. The way the BYU offense is played, whether Tanner Mangum is in or not, has not been up to snuff, obviously. 11 points a game is pathetic. I don't even care who you play. Because guess what? Chattanooga put up 10 on LSU. Fresno State put up, what, 10 on Alabama. More than that, right? You, was it more than that? You can get 10 points. The offense has got to get at least 10 points. Come on. How many is Wisconsin going to score, though, is the real question. Because I know that the offense needs to bring it for BYU. And it starts with the run game. We're going to talk to Brian Billick about that. Ula Tolotau has got to be really good in this game. He's got to get at least, by really good against Wisconsin, I mean like 75-plus yards. He needs to be a factor. Otherwise, BYU's got no shot. Think about this. If BYU scores a season high in a single game, that would be 21 points. I, I don't think 21 is going to give you a win in this game. I think Wisconsin's really good. It doesn't mean the BYU defense isn't good either. I thought the BYU defense giving up 27 should have been 20 minus Johnny Linehan's run there. And we'll see on that possession. I, I think if you, you'd have to score in the 30s, I think, to win this game. I, th- now, if the BYU defense can go crazy with turnovers like they did against Utah and Boise State last year, that's asking too much, though, like five turnovers. If the defense can force like three turnovers somehow, maybe you've got a shot. Can BYU do what they did in game four last year and turn it on? West Virginia stunk on defense. Wisconsin, Wisconsin does not. Does not stink on huge, the defense. On the defense. There's a huge difference <laughs> between the Hillbillies and the Cheesemakers. The number that keeps popping into my mind in terms of offensive output and expectation for BYU on Saturday, 17. I've kind of have set the number at I think BYU's offense or team in general, can combine to score 17 points. But I'm with you. I don't think that's enough. Not nearly enough to beat Wisconsin. If BYU can get into the 20s and make it weird in the fourth quarter, just maybe. But that is a lot to ask. An offense that's only averaging 11 points a game, to to ask them to score 24 with Tanner Mangum's status up in the air. Like if it's Bo Hodge, how does that change your expectation? Uh, Why don't we discuss our stat of the day? It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Saturday will mark 665 days since Bo Hodge played in a game. He redshirted last year. So basically, Bo Hodge could have gone on a mission and come back. (laughs) That's what I'm saying to you. It would have been in the 700s. He went on his pseudo-mission trip. Yeah. If Tanner Mangum can't go and it's Bo Hodge, it certainly changes things. But riddle me this. Could it be much worse offensively? The answer is yes. It could still be worse, but not much. 11 a game. BYU can do better. They can move the rock. Bo Hodge obviously adds a different dimension, but it's not up to Bo Hodge to win this game to me. It's up to the BYU run game to put BYU in a position where they're manageable on third downs, where they're moving the change, 
chains where they are tough in that way. To me, Ula Tolutau is more of a factor in determining this game than the quarterback. We'll ask Brian Billick, NFL Super Bowl champion coach, about what a running back means to his quarterback, specifically in about 25 minutes, just for some statistical fun. Wisconsin's I wouldn't call defense, this fun. Just for some statistical, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you, you put the word Here are right some stats. Depressing stats, okay? Wisconsin's defense, giving up 12 points a game. 19th in the nation. But, BYU obviously averaging 11 yeah. points a game. Played the Aggies, played the Fighting Lynn Kiffins of Florida Atlantic, whatever. Both at home. But, but Wisconsin was top five last year in scoring defense, by the way. Wisconsin traveling west for one of the very few times in recent program history. They yeah, have, yeah, this is rare. In fact, it's the first Big Ten team in Provo ever because Penn State was an independent. How crazy is that? That is nuts. That's awesome. It's a long history of BYU football to never have hosted a Big Ten team at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Oh, by the way, 1,000th BYU football game ever. That's kind of cool. Get it weird in the fourth quarter, man. The last top 10 team to come into Provo, if I recall correctly, Oregon State, 2012. Does that sound right? 21-21, late in the third quarter. Blew it open in the fourth quarter. Yes, turnovers changed things. BYU's got to be plus in turnover margin. They don't have to have a perfect game, but have to have a run game, have to force some turnovers, have to make it interesting. I don't think that Alex Hornibrook is a guy that's going to break you down through the pass. It's can BYU defend the rush. Same thing as LSU. Can you slow down guys from those guys? Then you'd have a shot. If you cannot, it's going to be a long day. What do you expect from the BYU offense on Saturday against Wisconsin at Justin D. Sweeney? says, expect, question mark. Sadly, not much. I'm hopeful, though, with a quarterback that can run and Ula finding his role, BYU can score a few more points. Coming up, Brian Billick, former Cougar and Super Bowl champ. And national champion quarterback Robbie Bosco joins us in studio. They're retiring his number. Yeah. How does he feel about it? Stay with us. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Conversation happening right now on Twitter. We are discussing expectations for Saturday, specifically for the BYU offense. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Countdown to kickoff is live at 2.30 Eastern time on BYU TV and the app this Saturday. If you want to see whether Tanner Mangum's warming up, how he looks, you're, we're going to know. There's we're only gonna one he's place gonna come to see that. Or he's not, and he's going to be limping or he's not, and you're going to see it on Countdown to Kickoff. So check it out. We will give you the latest and greatest from the field, from the set, from the booth. Countdown to Kickoff, Saturday, 2.30. Saturday afternoon football, top 10 opponent in Pro Bowl. They're not in the afternoons anymore. Yes, well, they are. 1,000th yeah. game in program history. Pretty cool. Yeah. Really cool. Hopefully it's cooler uh, later in the afternoon when we talk about things. What do you expect from the BYU offense on Saturday against Wisconsin at BYU Fanatics? Russ! Expecting Bo Hodge to start. I expect a little more running slash mobile quarterback play. Also expect Ula Tolutau to be a wrecking ball running the rock. Hopefully he pulls a Miley Cyrus Saturday. Not like that, but... He came in like a wrecking ball? Yeah, hopefully he comes in like a wrecking ball and gets first downs. Now, that's an interesting time. Not everything associated with that song, just the wrecking ball. Okay, check that one off your list. You got Miley Cyrus into the show. Good job. Yep, yep. Good job. Joining us in Studio B now, national champion winning quarterback, a man who will have his retire or number retired this Saturday. Guy. Robbie Bosco. What's up, Robbie? Guys, how you guys doing? Once again. Yes. But not as good as you. You're back. Your number's going to be retired. When you, how did you find out that this was going to happen? 
it was kind of weird because I was just at home and, and Tom called me. He says, hey, are you going to be around for a little bit? It was like, um, it was a Saturday afternoon. And so I thought, I go, yeah, I'm here. So I thought it was, had nothing to do with BYU or anything. I don't know why he was coming over. So he comes on in and then, he, then I sit down and he just says, you ready for your jersey to get retired? I go, really? So it was pretty cool, but that's kind of how it happened. <laughs> at home, in the house, in person, Tom Homo came over. So that's it's way, cool. That's the way Tom works. That's yeah. the way Tom works. How did you decide on the number six originally? What's the story there? I did not decide. I was sitting in, I remember I was just a freshman, sitting in my locker room, had no jersey. Floyd Johnson, our equipment manager, came around the corner. He didn't even come up to me and hand it to me. He goes, what do you think about number six? I go, sure. And he chucked it to me. (laughs) (laughs) The legend of six. Never been number six before, so that was it. What were you in high school? In high school, I was uh, 11 and 10. Two different numbers. Were you hoping to get those numbers at BYU? No, I didn't You're just care. Like, whatever. Just give me whatever. Yeah. I don't want number nine, so just Jim McMahon had number nine, so yeah. I didn't want to try to fight for that. So I just, wow. I'll take whatever they want to give me. <laughs> the generational difference is showing right now, Robbie, because yeah. everybody cares about what number they were now, but you just said, okay, cool, number six. They could have given me 21. Who's that? John? Who wrote, who wrote, who wore 21 in the press? Professional ranks. Someone um, did. 21. I'm trying to think. Who John Hadle? Is that his name? I think that Y.A. Tittle might Y.A. have. Tittle? Probably, I don't know. They could have given me know. that number. I would have been. I'll take it. Very Otto cool. Graham. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. Um, what, what does this mean to you to have the number six retired? Well, what it does mean is that you were very successful on a very successful team. Uh, I've always been a t- That's why I've always loved about college football. Uh, it's a team sport. There's really no individualism in this thing. No matter how you, you, you're only as good as your teammates are. And I'm talking offense, defense, special teams, walk-ons, everybody. And so that, that's what it means. I was part of a great team and I was, I happened to be the quarterback of that team. And we did a lot of great things, won a lot of football games and a lot of good things happen when you do that. Take us back to your first start at Pittsburgh. In your wildest, did you ever imagine that your number would be retired before your first start as a college football quarterback? After my first three passes, I thought my wildest dream would be to complete a pass. (laughs) I didn't think that was possible. And so that was far, far distant in any thought that I would have ever had. But it's pretty crazy. It's pretty amazing to think we're – I came from in high school. I actually, first time I ever played organized tackle football was a freshman. Wow. And I quit my first year. And then about a week later, I came back on the team and finished it off and then continued to play. Uh, But it's really hard to believe that I came from there to where it is now. Were there ever struggles in the early and late goings at BYU where you, you doubted yourself or whatever? Because you were like, what, 24-3 and three as a starter, national champion, played in the NFL. What, was there ever a struggle in this, or was it always pretty smooth? No, there were, there were struggles. I'm a, I'm a homebody. I love being at home, love being with my mom and dad and, and stuff like that. So when I first came to BYU, I mean, I had family here, but I didn't have my mom and dad here. And so that was really hard. And then they 
closely made the mistake of rooming me with Glenn Kozlowski. <laughs> oh, wow. During I'm two surprised he didn't transfer. And I was so close to transferring. In fact, after three days, I left the dorms where we were supposed to be and went up and stayed with my sister for the rest uh, until school started. <laughs> I did not want to see Glenn Kozlowski at all. And now we're like best of friends. Yeah. So he, he's the greatest, and uh, we laugh about that time, those times all the time. He's an acquired taste. Yes, he really is. <laughs> and it took some time to acquire that taste. <laughs> Robbie Bosco with us in Studio B. Number six will be retired on Saturday during the BYU-Wisconsin game. The remarkable run that BYU had from 1983 after that opening loss to winning 24 consecutive games. 25, I mean, right? 25, that's right. Yeah. That is unbelievable. How did the 83 season kind of set the tone for what happened in 1984? Well, I think it was set before that. Mm. I mean, you, you look at the, the great teams that we've had before there, and it's amazing a player two, and we, there could have been three or four undefeated teams. I mean, a missed field goal in the Holiday Bowl against Indiana. 79. Was a one-loss team. McMahon had one-loss teams. Young had a one-loss team. And so we had a lot of guys, good players. Well, we lost a lot of guys from that 83 team, but we had a lot of good players coming back from that team. And But, you know, the key players were the quarterback, which – an unstable quarterback is not good to be to to go on, so that was the insurity of of how that team was going to be, and luckily I had a, some great teammates that kind of lifted me up and and kept that going, and you know a lot of great things happened after that. When did you win the starting job for the '84 season? Um, I won it after the '83 season ended. I mean, I was going to be the guy. I knew I was going to be the guy. I had no doubt in my mind I was going to be the guy. Um, there was a battle in spring and all that kind of stuff, but I always mm. felt confident that it was going to be me. And so I looked at it that way. I went into practice thinking that way and uh, just went from there. What was it like uh, having Blaine Fowler as a fellow quarterback and the backup to you during uh, 84 and 85? Well, Blaine and I are great friends. And uh, he was actually, I left Glenn Kozlowski and went to Blaine Fowler as my roommate. Upgrade! For me, it was an upgrade. <laughs> For me, it was an upgrade. And, uh, but, you know, Glenn is, Glenn is evidently, obviously the best. I mean, he was a starter as a freshman and, and one of my great friends now. But Blaine, Blaine and I became great friends, and we still remain great friends. And, uh, you know, he was. I was always confident in Blaine. Blaine was a great quarterback and could get the job done and probably could have played at other places. But, um, you know, I just happened to be my time, and, you know, I tried to make it the best possible scenario I could, and it worked out great. What kind of pressure did you feel coming in as the starter after the likes of Nielsen, Wilson, McMahon, and Young? Have you ever thrown up and swallowed it? <laughs> that is the feeling I had. I didn't even want to get on the plane when we went to pit. Oh. And then when we got to pit, getting off the bus, I just felt, and this, wasn't, this was the day before the game, thinking, oh, my goodness, this is going to happen. And then, um, and then it was, it, the great thing is it was the first live televised ESPN game. So, you know, we've all seen the blimp, right? But it was live, so we're looking up, warming up, and there it is up there. 
And I had the sickest feeling in my stomach because I didn't want to be the first quarterback to not do it, to be that asterisk. When did that streak end? Yeah. Oh, it was Robbie Bosco. I didn't want to do that. And so, because there was amazing things that happened with those quarterbacks and the games they won, the All-Americans and all those kind of things. And to be put in that situation during this time was unnerving. And then, you know, the one thing that could separate me, this is the only thing that could have separated me from those guys is winning this national championship, and it happened. Man, and that happened. So in the Holiday Bowl in 1984, Jack Murphy Stadium, you injure your knee. You come back out. You've talked about you heard the roar of the crowd. When did you know, listen, I'm hurt, but I've got to get back out there almost no matter what? Um, When they were carrying me off the field, that's when I felt it. I mean, because I was like, this this was a long, it's a long season and injuries happened. We had guys playing with broken thumbs, broken wrists, just knee injuries. My right guard, uh, Craig Garrick, he went through like five knee operations, could hardly walk, but he made it out there every single game. And I just, my memory kind of went back to all these guys. And this was the biggest game in BYU history. So I, I had to be out there. So it really didn't matter. What was said in the locker room when they were taping me up and, and checking me out, I was going to get back out there and play. Fantastic stuff, Robbie. Congratulations on getting the number six retired. Well-deserved. Thank you very much. And Floyd Johnson and Lavelle Edwards will be at the game to see it. Yes, they will. Now, uh, Robbie, go play golf and embarrass somebody on the links because we all know that's what you do these days. <laughs> i got to go raise some money first. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate the time. Thank you. All righty. On Saturday, number six retired for Robbie Bosco along with Mark Wilson and Luke Staley. Oh, it's going to be the best. I can't wait for that. Coming up, what do you expect from the BYU offense Saturday versus Wisconsin? We'll get your Twitter reaction. Plus, Brian Billick, NFL Super Bowl champion coach, discussing the Cougars in the NFL and how he thinks BYU's season will pan out after a 1-2 and two start. This is BYU Sports Nation. I'm serious about Robbie, too. You play golf with him, you will be embarrassed. I, yeah, I don't want to play golf. It's too good. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. We are on demand anytime, anywhere. It's a good weekend to retire some numbers, Jaron. Absolutely. Fun conversation with Robbie Bosco, the national championship quarterback here at BYU. Fun memories, fun stories about how he got the number six and whatnot. So it's going to be a special uh, halftime coming up Saturday. Tomorrow night, 9 Eastern time, the women's soccer team is in action at Arizona. The Fighting Jake Oldroids, 9 Eastern time. I just say that because it's fun. Jason Shepard on the call, baby. Yeah, Shep Dizzle. Shep Dizzle in the hizzy <laughs> at Arizona. <laughs> why, why, why are we booing Jason? Don't boo our boy, Jason Shepard. Come or, on. Maybe, maybe they're booing the fact that I called him Shep Dizzle. I don't know. What, what's wrong with Shep Dizzle? Nothing. Other than nothing. everything about it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's refresh some headlines, shall we? Game four for the BYU football team Saturday in Provo. 10th-ranked Wisconsin at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. First-ever Big Ten opponent in Provo. Countdown to kickoff gets things rolling at 2.30 Eastern time. 14th-ranked women's volleyball plays at 16th-ranked Utah tonight, 9 Eastern time. Big match for both. It's the 100th meeting between the two teams. I wanted you to say Utah. 
people working together. I kid you not, I went to a karaoke party a couple weeks ago, and someone sang the Utah Centennial song. <laughs> that is amazing. This God. is the play. It was so bad. Oh, my gosh. Zach Blair and Daniel Summerhays, Cougars on the PGA Tour, playing on the Web.com Tour this afternoon, the Albertsons Boise Open. And BYU Baseball released its 2018 schedule. Mike Littlewood has the guys beginning the season February 16th at Cal State Northridge. Notable matchups include three games at Auburn, the home opening series on the new turf field in Provo on March 8th against Nebraska. Four matchups with Utah and a one-game stint at Stanford. To see the full schedule, go to BYUCougars.com. We spoke with Super Bowl champion coach Brian Billick on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline via Skype to t- discuss everything from, obviously, Cougars in the NFL and their progress to what in the world he would do to help BYU and specifically that offense right now. Here is that conversation. Coach, what did you think of BYU's 19-13 loss to Utah on Saturday? Because we've heard everybody else's opinion. We want to know yours. Well, uh, anytime you lose and you lose to a rival, it's tough. It really doesn't matter the margin in covering the games for the NFL all weekend. You got teams that are upset because they didn't win by enough, teams that are upset because it was too close to score based on the competition. Hey, particularly when you're talking about a rival like Utah, close game, but at the end of the day, it comes up short. And again, the recurring themes in terms of, obviously, the inability to come up with the big play, third down percentage was a little bit better. Converting in the red zone seemed to be the same issues that uh, BYU offense is having to deal with right now. BYU's 1-2 and two with a top-10 team in Wisconsin coming into town this weekend. Would you rather have a top-10 team on the schedule uh, in this situation or a, a cheaper opponent that more likely yields a win? Well, I, you, know, you, need, you always go for the challenge. You do. I mean, you could bring in a, a, a lesser division team in here and win, and no one's going to feel any better about it than you do You know, being 2-2. Two and two. Um, against a lesser opponent, no one's going to feel good about that. So Wisconsin is a legitimate team. They are big. They are physical. And obviously to be able to play them and play them well would send this program, you know, to that next step and get you over this tough, tough spot that they're going through right now. When we talk with Ty Detmer, the sentiment from him is we are just one play away, one player here, one breakdown there. What are you seeing when you look at the BYU offense, which is averaging 11 points a game through three games this season? Yeah, the same thing. I think we talked about it last week. That's what you have to give your team. You have to be able to show them the film and say, guys, look at this. We're, we're a step here. We're an inch here. We're just this, this you know, lack of mistake here, this mental mistake there. If we can clean those up, you can see the potential for where we're going to be. And then that is the challenge. And then you got to go out. You got to demand a seat on the practice field as well. Nobody wants to mess up. The problem is, across the starting eleven, uh, each one could take one mistake and go, "Hey, I only had one mistake." But then you got eleven mistakes that can get you beat at the end of the day. Having a great defense to me is better than having a great offense because the defense travels in weather. It shows up a lot. This reminds me of a certain Ravens team from the past that uh, may have won the Super Bowl, right, which is awesome. You're always in the game. The BYU defense seems like they're putting BYU in position to stay in and or win games. So on a team like that, what's the conversation like between the offense and defense and making sure that both sides are together and that the offense feels like, okay, we're, we're not down on you. We just need a little more from you. That's, that's the challenge and keeping a team together that way. And that 2,000 year that you're referring to, 
people need to remember, we went through a four-game streak where we did not score an offensive touchdown. Wow. And we lost three games. And but the defense and the defense kept us right there. And that team could have fragmented, but it didn't. And it stuck together because of the strength of the personalities, whether it was a Shannon Sharp, a Ray Lewis, a Rod Woodson. They would not let that team fragment. Uh, a Trent Dilfer quarterback. So when we came out of it and went on an 11-game winning streak and were able to get our bearings offensively, uh, we ended up a top three rushing team. We led the league in fewest turnovers and in turnover ratio. So that's a good combination to play good defense. Don't turn the ball over and run the ball real well. But you got to find that that hook you can hang your fate on. And, and you're exactly right. It comes down to the team hanging with one another, not turning on one another, not pointing fingers. I think you pointed out the key to all of this. And at BYU, we always talk about the quarterback, but maybe we're highlighting the wrong position. Does BYU, BYU has to establish a run game. Otherwise, they're in trouble regardless of who the quarterback is, right? Yeah, you got to help you. You know, a running game is the quarterback's best friend, as, as they always say. And when you're going to be a team that strength is on defense, when you got to run the ball, you got to run the ball well. And that, a man, that lets you keep the game manageable. And then out of your passing game, if you're running the ball well, it forces people to adjust, bring that extra guy down the box that creates the one-on-one relationships outside that allows you to get the big plays down the field. BYU quarterback Tanner Mangum's status is unknown for Saturday. The backup, Bo Hodge, Merrill Hodge's son. He's more of a mobile quarterback who hasn't played in 665 days. What's a realistic expectation for a backup to go in against Wisconsin if indeed this is the situation? Well, that's a tough transition, but that's, that's, what, uh, that's what you get paid for, so to speak. The fact that if indeed he's been able to take all the reps during the week, that will help as opposed to a backup who hasn't played much that has to step in to a starting role due to an injury and maybe hasn't had the appreciable amount of snaps. So if he's getting all the snaps, that's certainly going to help. And his mobility outside the pocket should add that extra dimension, particularly on third down, to break down uh, maybe the core of that secondary in Wisconsin and give you some opportunities. And if he's got a little bit of Merrill in him, that's probably a good thing, right? There's a toughness. I know Merrill very well. There's a toughness about Merrill. That would be a good thing. You're not going to – if he gets knocked down, he's going to get back up. The only problem <laughs> is in Tecmo Super Bowl, Merrill coughed it up way too much. I just can't have Bo coughing up the football like Merrill did in Tecmo Super Bowl. Okay. I'll, I'll let you take that up with Merrill. We'll <laughs> and we have. <laughs> Follow him at Coach Billick on Twitter and check out his Facebook page as well. Brian Billick, Super Bowl champion coach, BYU football alumnus with us on BYU Sports Nation. What's the toughest thing about matching up with a really solid offensive line and a physical run game like Wisconsin, which uh, isn't unlike the Ravens teams you coached? Yeah, you, you've got to commit to stopping that run. If a team gets a sense that it can continue to run and physically just outman you, and that's Wisconsin's game plan. That's what they want to do. Um, once that happens, then it doesn't matter what you do scheme-wise. The players will begin to lose hope. They'll look over the sideline like, hey, give us something. Give us something to try to stop this run. So you got to commit. I've always said you can stop whatever you want offensively if you put enough resources on it. I mean, you could have a stellar receiver. I can double him. I can bracket him. I can put enough guys in line of scrimmage to make it impossible for you to run. The question is, at what price do you pay in terms of if you are going to stack the line of scrimmage? Can they get the ball in behind you, put the pressure on your secondary? So you can stop whatever you want. 
It's just a matter of the price you're going to pay. Coach, what would it take for us to be able to uh, get you on headset on the sideline in Provo <laughs> with the BYU coaches? <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know if you want to do that. I, I'm, uh, I'm kind of the over the hill. I'd be calling uh, Doug Scoville's offense. Like <laughs> Good times, man, in Provo with yeah. that guy for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jazz PV, Quintez Cephas, Troy Fumagalli, some, certainly some good pass catching options. They're not one dimensional, so that'll be interesting. Let's transition to uh, guys in the NFL uh, or potentially in the future. Who, if any, on this BYU football team do you see as NFL potential at this point? Well, probably uh, Fred Warner leads the, the, the list. In terms of, we've already got a couple linebackers, defensive linemen in the league. You got again, we talked about Van Noy, uh, and 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 we haven't seen a lot of them, but uh, Lang obviously, and what he's doing in New England. And we talked about before how these guys have specific position strengths that a team like New England can take advantage of. So he's comes out of pretty good pedigree. He leads the league in tackling, or leads the team in tackling right now. He looks to have the physical skills to maybe transition into the NFL. Ziggy Ansah is an interesting NFL case. Number five overall draft pick uh, about five years ago. Now with the Lions, what do you think about Ziggy Ansah's style of play up front for the, for Detroit? Well, and you got to remember when he came into the league, he was a neophyte. Really hadn't played that much, and so if every year he just gets bigger and bigger, and he's added one extra move. You know, he's not just a speed rusher. He's added a power rush. He's added a lot of different things to his repertoire. Uh, in in Detroit, I know they they rely on him a great deal. So it, it was interesting to see a player that that and, and for the fifth pick for the league to take a, uh, a flyer on a guy that really had had a limited background with that high a pick. Do that in the second, and the third round, but the fifth overall pick. But Detroit showed that they were you know they just saw the sheer physical skills of Ziggy Ansah and they've been well rewarded. It's pretty crazy. That's the highest draft pick BYU's ever had, uh, tied with Jim McMahon. Uh, with the Bears, which is pretty crazy. Uh, Kyle Van Noy had a nice showing, as you mentioned. He got a two-year extension with the Patriots. His story's pretty interesting. He's mired in Detroit, barely playing, a little injured. Then he gets traded to the Patriots. Steve Young is in studio with us that day, and he said, he's going to win the Super Bowl. And, of course, he did. What do you think of kind of the the fit for Kyle Van Noy with the Patriots? Well, and that's what New England is about. They're going to find players – that, that maybe don't fit the mold for the standard player in that standard position for a lot of teams, but they're going to find something specific about him that fits what they do. That's what Bill Belichick does best. Now, they struggled a little bit against Kansas City. Uh, sometimes New England's a victim of their own success and they think they can take any players and plug them in. At the end of the day, you need good players, uh, but they seem to have found a balance for Van Noy to do the different things that he does that makes him much more productive in that system than where he'd come from. Once again, follow him on Twitter, at Coach Billick. Also, you can watch him on the playbook on the NFL Network. Coach, uh, what's coming up on your show this week, and when and how can people uh, tune in to check that out? Yeah, every Wednesday at 6 o'clock Eastern on the NFL Network, Sean O'Hara and I kind of break down uh, in a pure X's and O's manner. Uh, this, this week, uh, we talked about going forward that uh, the, the Denver running game which seems to be a resurgent for Denver, which is going to take them a long way. Talk about playing good defense and running the ball. They can run the ball going forward against Dallas the way they did last week against San Diego. They're going to be in pretty good shape. We talked about the Green Bay Packers 
uh, just how spectacular they are. Jamal Williams obviously having an impact for them, their ability to run the ball. The fact that uh, Aaron Rodgers is just so tough to stop, whether it's zone versus man. Uh, talked a little bit about Deshaun Watson and his starting uh, down in Houston, what that means for the Houston program. So uh, invite people to join us every Wednesday at 6 p.m. on the NFL Network. Hey, we'll check it out. Professor Billick, right, when it comes to X's and O's? There you go. I'm back to back to my old uh, back to my old grounds. It's great. I love look. I love going through the film. Coach, it's great to talk to you. We always appreciate the time, and uh, we'll talk again soon. All right, guys. Brian Billick on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline via Skype. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Great insights from a guy who had a tremendous defense and a limited offense, a team that still found success. That season. Did not score an offensive touchdown in three consecutive games. You think think 11 points is bad a game? How about zero? Wow. (laughs) Coming up, why the BYU-Utah women's volleyball match is one of the most unique in program history. Heck, school history. And your expectations for the BYU offense on the football field. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan, live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. Our daily rebroadcast airs weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. And in case you missed it Tuesday night, no worries. Coming up at 1 p.m. Eastern time, about 14 minutes away, right after us, BYU football to Kalani Sitake. Butch Pau was the player guest hosted by Greg Rebell. Fun show Tuesday night. Our Twitter question today, what do you expect from the BYU offense against Wisconsin on Saturday. You think there's a lot there? Yes. And everybody has an opinion about it. At Cox Web Dev with this answer. Hopes or expectations? Hopes, amazing things. Even potentially with a backup quarterback. Expectations? A struggle against a stout Badger defense. With that out of the way, let's go right back to the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. What do you expect, Jerem? I I said uh, points in the in the teens. Okay, so thirteen to nineteen somewhere. And honestly, let's let's be honest. If Tanner Mangum's playing, he ain't a hundred percent. If Bo Hodge is playing, it's the first time he's played in six hundred sixty-five days. <laughs> so, and it's a top ten team in Wisconsin. So I, I'm not thinking BYU is like getting into the thirties. Into the twenties, I think would be good. I think if BYU You're really good if and it's an enormous if BYU can get into the twenties. Things may just get weird late. Because can the BYU defense hold Wisconsin down? There's some offensive give and take there, okay? There's a reason LSU scored 27 points on the BYU defense. It's because the BYU offense stunk. Couldn't even cross the 50. Didn't move the chains, blah, blah, blah. If the BYU offense shows up and it's just mediocre in that game. Well, and it's, it's maybe like a 17-3 to three or 7 game. And if LSU you know doesn't I mean? get the ball on the 11-yard line after a failed fourth down conversion run on a punt, then maybe it's 23 to nothing or even 20 to nothing. I do think BYU needs a strong start. By strong, I mean barely trailing or in the lead or something Yeah. at halftime. BYU hasn't scored in the first half in the last two games. Huh? How about this from at Cougar Stats? BYU has only allowed 33% of opponent red zone appearances this season in three games to end with a touchdown. So BYU's doing a nice job of not breaking once they get down there. But the question is about offense, okay? So at JKBYU01. To be honest, no idea. I'm hopeful for things to click, but I don't think I'll be surprised because anything can happen. That's the thing. I don't it's see just, BYU breaking out for 35 in this game. It's wide honest. open, right? Well, I, I don't see BYU breaking out offensively against Wisconsin. I think 
if BYU could get like three or four scores, a couple field goals, a couple touchdowns, that's pretty good given the way the offense has played, especially against this team. This is a top 10 scoring defense last year, this year. They're legit on defense. BYU, think about and BYU's this. BYU's not fully loaded and healthy with its best playmakers. What did, what did we really anticipate? When you look at the defenses alone that BYU has faced or will face over the last three weeks, LSU, Utah, Wisconsin. We knew this would be tough. Yeah. We knew this would be tough. So why, I, I thought so LSU, really though, but take a step back. Why? Why all of the, oh, no, the world is ending. BYU is never going to score points. Because they didn't for 10 quarters, dog. They didn't score a touchdown but for against, 10 quarters. Are they going to face better defenses than these three, the three weeks in a row? No, listen, whatever your expectation was, this is lower. This is lower. I'm not saying it's not lower, but I'm saying the sense, the overall sense of panic, like, it's, oh, it's never going to get better. Of course it'll get better. Like last San year. They stayed in Utah go, State. Go to last think. year. BYU you hope. Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams for crying out loud. 16 points against Arizona, an, a 3-9 and nine Arizona team. Okay? 19 points against Utah and 14 points against a losing record UCLA team. They, it, this happened last year. So what are you saying? We should expect it every year? No, I'm saying it will get better, but look at the qual like Utah and UCLA did have good defenses last It'll year. It'll get better, but it might not get better this week. It's Wisconsin. I'm not like, saying it will. Last, my, my point this is this game last year was West Virginia. They were terrible on defense. BYU Wisconsin is not likely, terrible in anything. Ask the experts. Look, BYU's probably going to be one and three after this week. But the the dialogue will continue to be the same if BYU doesn't put up like Good offensive numbers, right? Like, oh, yeah, I just – BYU might not go to a bowl game. You well, can't judge the whole season based on the three toughest defenses that BYU faced back-to-back-to-back. Yeah. To back to back. I think it's fair to judge what you've seen. Like, don't just don't phrase it in, in the future. Con- in like, context, you can say right? right now the BYU offense stinks. That's an accurate assessment. In context with who but, they've but played. You can't yes. say the BYU offense will stink forever. Like, Un- unfair. Just, just wait until BYU plays Utah State and see if they still stink. Then. But they stunk then. against Portland State. First game. Let's see what happens later. But but to assess the BYU offense at this point in the season, at 11 points a game through this, they've really struggled. Give whatever. I'm not in the, I'm not in the credit business. I don't work for American Express. But you can give credit to LSU and Utah being tough. Absolutely. But the BYU offense still has to be better. Not scoring at all. In a game, and then not scoring in the first half again? I don't care who you're playing. I don't care if BYU played Alabama. They should still at least get a field goal. Come on. At Otis Henson tweets in, what do I expect? Bushman, Hodge, Bushman, Tolotow, Trinaman, Bushman, Tolotow, Hodge, Bushman. Sophomores and freshmen, man. Where, where are the BYU's weapons out? Where are them seniors be at? <sighs> where are them se- juniors and seniors be at, man? Coming up, Uh, why the volleyball match tonight is one you cannot miss between BYU and Utah. And who and where will the baseball team be playing this season? BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Thanks to today's guest, Robbie Bosco. He will have the number six retired along with Mark Wilson and Luke Staley on Saturday during the BYU-Wisconsin game. And Super Bowl champion coach Brian Billick on the current status of the Cougars 
and what they need to do to get better. If you missed any of the show, download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Coming up tomorrow, Dennis Pitta and our conversation with Trey Dye. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. Game four of the football season is Saturday in Provo against 10th-ranked Wisconsin. 1,000th game all-time for BYU football. Countdown to kickoff gets things rolling at 2.30 Eastern time on BYU TV. Volleyball. 14th-ranked BYU plays at 16th-ranked Utah. Top 20 showdown tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern time. Watch it on Pac-12 Network. Tomorrow the Cougars face Weber State on BYU TV live at 9 Eastern. Cougars in the PGA. Zach Blair and Daniel Summerhays tee off this afternoon in the Albertsons Boise Open on the web.com tour. Shout out to Jared Jacobs. Baseball. BYU releases the 2018 Batcat schedule. The season begins on February 16th at Cal State Northridge. BYU will also face Auburn on March 2nd. Home opener on their new field will be March 8th against Nebraska. Soccer. <laughs> Women's soccer plays at Arizona in Tucson. Tomorrow, 9 Eastern time on BYU Radio. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need the most, DexterLaw.com. Goes to Robbie Bosco. What an amazing career. What an awesome interview. He was in here earlier. Uh, number six being retired with Luke Staley and Mark Wilson. Three legends, man. And it's pretty cool to see the, the jersey retired. BYU needs to be tied or have the lead at halftime so that it doesn't take away from that amazing moment. In 2014, when Taysom Hill got hurt, there was no air in the room, and it was awful. And I felt so bad because Jim McMahon deserved this huge, awesome thing. And the crowd was like, oh, season over. That's what it felt like. So BYU needs to bring it in half. But they need to in this game to try and win the game. But at least for these three dudes. Keep it close, baby. Even if it's like tied, barely trailing, something like that. Come on. Just keep it in question by halftime. At Laser Sheep with our elite tweet of the day and what he expects from the BYU offense. I expect some very different things, different packages, different formations, and a sense of urgency. I hope for more Matt Bushman. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Audio podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Corey Rasmussen. BYU Sports Nation back to work tomorrow at noon Eastern. Rebroadcast of BYU football with Kalani Sitake airs next.